0: Rookie Fever, the show that looks closely at NFL rookie values all year long.
1: Let's go! Let's get this show going, man. Hurry up! Hurry up! The Rookie Fever podcast. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. That's it. Baby, come. Wait,
0: And welcome to the Rookie Fever podcast. I am Mike, the Fever's Finero, and this is another, but not just any. 2023 rookie player profile i'm here with jeff bell jeff works with the football guys and their college football show he's also co-owner of the debbie royale podcast you can always find him and his thought-provoking tweets on the bird app at for whom j bell tolls jeff how the hell are you I'm
1: fantastic. Thank you so much, Mike, for having me. You know, we talked a little bit pre-show how nice it is to come back year after year and and reconnect and have these connections. And so I'm grateful and thankful that you reached out to have me back on. Um, Doing very, very good. You know, we're at an exciting time of the year. We get to talk about rookies. And if you're in the dynasty space, you know, non-point scoring season, here we are. And this is kind of what we live for a little bit.
0: Well, thanks a ton for coming back on too. I thought of you right away. We wanted to get you back on the podcast and, I know you don't go around guesting on a ton of pods, so this means a lot to the Rookie Fever podcast, so I appreciate you. And, uh, and I'm excited to talk about the player you chose as well. So uh, let's get right to it. Are you ready to uh, get into this one? Of course I am. Rookie Fever's <laughs> Rookie Player Profile Edition. So why don't you tell our listeners, Who you chose and why? So, so when this was presented to me,
1: you know (laughs) there there were a handful of players selected already, and I scanned the list and I looked at it and I and I said, well, there's one obvious name missing right now, and that is one Bijan Robinson out of Texas. And I said, well, of course, I would love to come on and talk about the 101, the people's 101, everybody's 101, Mr. Bijan Robinson, and so that is what we're going to get into tonight.
0: Yeah, and this is going to be a fun one, gang. Um, we do know that Bijan Robinson has, uh, if anything, is carrying this class right now at the low point. You know, this is the time of year where. We're down on the class. We'll get higher on the class. Don't you all worry. That's going to happen with landing spots and combine numbers and stuff like that. But this is the year every single year where I thought the 23 class was supposed to be so much better. But this is the anchor of it. This is the guy everybody saw coming. This is the guy who led the nation with 1894 combined rushing and receiving yards and was named the 2022 Doak Walker Award winner given annually to the nation's top running back. So this guy's pretty special. We know it, and we're going to talk all about it right now. Six foot, 222 pounds, junior, Texas, five-star recruit. Had offers to play with Alabama, USC, Ohio State, and others. Decided to stay in Texas, which I thought was kind of cool. His answer on why he stayed in Texas, we'll, we'll have to like, really see if this is like for reals, but it was his answer. College football is better when Texas is good. That's a nice answer. That that is a nice answer. I don't know if
1: he accomplished that mission or not, but I know you know as a Buckeyes fan, it, I remember the recruitment of Bijan Robinson in Ohio State was one of the teams right there at the end and and it was one of those that you as you, you know, I, I dabble in the college space obviously as part of the Football Guys college football show and all that crew it's one of those that you hear the recruiting stories and you see maybe on like a Friday, Oh, Ohio state's in the lead for this guy. And and all of a sudden you hear the next day he's committed to Texas. And it was just like <laughs> one of those types of stories. And and now in the days and age of NIL, we, we know why some of those things happen. And, and, you know, in the pre nil era when Bajan robinson was recruited there was probably still some things floating around to allow some things to happen as
0: well yeah i agree with you there that must be fun to watch i've never actually seen all that in the background not that far into it that's pretty cool um all right so we're going to start off with the hardest question of the day what are your favorite attributes when it comes to Bajan robinson He's a polished runner,
1: and and that's a lot of it. You know, he's he brings physicality, but also he's he's able to get small, get through the hole, shift his body, and the, he's just very very nimble on his feet for a 220 pound back. I mean, he's very nimble, and that's the one thing that stands out. It he, it's one of those that you expect you see 220 pounds on a sheet of paper, and you have this vision in your mind of what you expect that type of back to look at. You expect more of that physical bruising back, but he really avoids contact very, very well. Very polished in the passing game. Not a lot of wasted motion in his movement, and that's a lot of that. You love it. You know, he's able to, he's light on his feet. He makes defenders miss, especially in the backfield, and then he doesn't mess around. When he sees the hole, he attacks it, he takes it, and he gets upfield.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a great description for that. Like to, to put all those eggs in that, in that Bijan Robinson basket, you hit a little bit of everything. I want to focus a little bit more on the pass catching, because like, if you look at the box score or the stats for the year, 19 receptions for 314 yards. And I think the big thing that I just keep hearing over and over again is these aren't dump ball passes. These are routes and that he is able. It's a, it's a smaller route tree. We're not calling him a wide receiver just yet, but can you talk just specifically about his receiving and what you saw
1: that you hit on it right there? You know, you'll see a lot more backs that will have more volume of pass catches, but will end up with the same amount of yards because where he's being targeted, what he's doing is work. He's able to attack downfield. And that's really what you want to look for. I think that there's, I really view it as three different levels. When you talk about pass catching with a running back, you start out, you have a back that can't. Catch passes at all. And you know that that's a limited game. And then you have backs that you can use them in the screen game, or you can use them in dump offs. And I don't know that there's a lot of dump offs at the NFL level, just because of the way that nature of NFL offenses, you just don't see that you envision that in your mind. But I think when you watch football on Sundays, you don't really see gone through his progressions and he's going to dump it off to the running back. That doesn't really happen because uh, it's everything is so fast and everything is so fluid and offenses are set up so that balls are going to go other places so what you really want to see is Bijan Robinson, where you have a player that can attack downfield and that can you can use him in routes and you can create mismatches with him, use him on a wheel route, use him down, get him on a linebacker. And, and that's really what you're kind of looking for when it comes to a pass catching running back. And for a back his size, he brings that rare ability to attack in those different areas of the field.
0: Yeah, every year when we think that the three down back is going to go bye-bye and it's going to be committee on every, every team, then a Bijan Robinson comes down and you realize they're not dead yet. This is a guy that is going to be on the field and stay on the field. So that's what makes him valuable, Um, including to the NFL. We're talking fantasy up to this point in the NFL. It does seem awful likely that he's going to go in the first round. And that is also fairly rare. I uh, have them in a mock uh, draftwire.com USA today at 18 to Detroit lions. Now I wanted to just get your take and thought on that. Um, obviously that's going to feel a little gross with Swift there. Uh, the the person who set up this mock said, sometimes you just have to throw, throw needs to th- throw your needs out the window and draft the best available player on the board. The Lions have, Bigger needs elsewhere, but the value here could be just too hard to pass up. Swift has struggled to stay healthy, and Jamal Williams is a free agent. So he painted a picture. In some cases, depending on what mount you look at, 18 is actually falling. I think he'll go in this range, 15 to as late as 32. So I, I see him in the second half of the first, but what do we know at this point? We're all guessing. What are your takes on 18 to Detroit? What are your, What are your feelings about that? That hurt? Um, no,
1: I don't know that there's. I guess I don't know. This is the rub with De- Bijan Robinson is, um, a- as you get later in the draft, you're you're getting with these quarterbacks that if he were to land with Jalen Hurts, it's like you love that upside in an Eagles offense, but at the same time, is he gonna catch passes in that type mm-hmm. of, of offense? Mm-hmm. Or you know the same thing type thing with you can see behind me, I'm a Buffalo fan. If he lands with Buffalo, it's you know they kind of James Cook landed there, and we thought well they're gonna start throwing to the running back, and they didn't. But it's just one of those that, you know, landing with Detroit there, I would be curious if DeAndre Swift makes it out of the draft as a Detroit Lion. I guess that Mm -hmm. would be my question on that move, because if you were to use that draft capital and the Lions do have two first round picks, if you're using that draft capital on Bijan Robinson, I almost think the play would be we'll see where Jamal Williams is by that point. But I think Jamal Williams as much as he's a limited player, I think he's an important part of that Detroit offense and especially important part of that Detroit culture. So if they were to make that move for Robinson, if they traded Swift and recouped some of that capital that had been used on Swift, but also on Robinson there, that would be my question to come out of it. Now, if they were to come out of the draft, I just, I just feels like a waste of resources. I guess Mm -hmm. if they are walking in with Jamal Williams and with Deandre Swift to walk out with Bajan Robinson as well, and just kind of keep it that way. That that feels like a little bit aggressive, I think, for what that defense needs to accomplish. But I do wonder, We, we I think we have these outside expectations for what Bijan Robinson can be. And I think that we touched on a little bit the, the changing structure of backfields in the NFL, where you're getting more committee work, you're getting those types of things. I think that when you look up and down the draft, outside of landing in one of those top-end offenses where you hope that he can score 20 touchdowns, it's kind of hard to feel like you finding a really good landing spot that you just love for him.
0: Oh my God. Did you, did you see my show sheet? That's perfect. We don't share these show sheet with the listeners. Jeff, Jeff is like totally riffing off of, off of just my questions live here and he's nailing it. I love, I love that analysis on like, okay, fine. This, this mock drafter, explained why Detroit might do that, but there, there's dominoes after that. Like, you're not keeping all three backs like that. I like how you kind of painted the picture further. But my, my follow-up question after that, regardless, is going to be, what's your absolute favorite landing spot? Because I have a couple.
1: Absolute favorite landing spot. My absolute favorite landing spot would probably be Kansas City if Jarek McKinnon is not re-signed. But again, Pacheco's kind of there, so mm-hmm. the question's there. I guess maybe the very, very best potential landing spot I think would maybe be Carolina because, uh, Carolina, we saw they're overhauling, but they're bringing Frank Wright in. And we saw what he did with Jonathan Taylor, making him the top back in fantasy last year, but also the remnants of that of Christian McCaffrey's impact in that offense. And, and sitting there, I think they have the ninth pick. That would probably be my favorite landing spot just because we, that, I would be surprised if they make a big splash at quarterback. I don't know who else is really available after we saw so many dominoes move last off season. that, that really kind of felt like the quarterback dominoes. And, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Carolina Panther. So whoever is starting at quarterback there for Carolina, I would expect that they would have to rely on the run game. And so that's where we saw on top of it too, again, different coaching staff, but the production that you got out of down to Foreman and Chuba Hubbard last year. So sure you know, that, that, that would be a rich environment that I think would have to really rely on him as a focal point of their offense. As you're looking throughout the draft order, that kind of feels like the one that really stands out where you feel like he's going to be involved in the passing game. He's going to be the three down back. He's just going to be the centerpiece, the linchpin of this offense, as opposed to getting with some of these running quarterbacks that aren't going to throw to the running back. Um, I think that that's a low key concern that isn't really being talked about when you look at some of the higher end offenses.
0: Yeah. I like your thought process there where you're putting him on a team where he's just there. He's just going to be the focal point. Yeah. Um, I actually did the opposite. I swung the other way and I went my, my number one spot is Dallas. Okay. And then after Dallas, a fun one, which I don't see a ton, the Bengals. Yeah. Well, and- the Bengals would be, Yeah. So they're both, they're both kind of like the antithesis of where you went, where there's plenty of options, right? Like they have a good passing game. I kind of felt like that was like that last big piece to kind of take either team into like serious. I mean, not that Cincinnati needs a whole lot more, but you know what I'm saying? Like I thought Cincinnati felt outright dangerous um and i know dallas's o-line isn't the same but i think we all know that there's a there's a nice juicy spot there i could see dallas doing something like that they always like to make a splash uh picking 27 Bengals picking 29 your bills picking at 28 Uh, i would have said miami but they don't have a first round pick they had to forfeit it um and then you know you have your, your concerns with like a team like the eagles and the and even kansas city with the the running quarterback so yeah no, that's, that's a, it's tough, right? Like it's, he probably doesn't have a bad spot. I guess that's kind of the point, right? Like well, you went one direction. I went the other direction. They're both really great. <laughs> part of part of it. He doesn't have a bad spot, but
1: I do think that there's, I think that there's more potential out there that he sees some level of committee usage that is kind of being recognized. I think a lot of, and the other thing too is, the top-end running back production really, really scaled back this year, and that was, I think, that we kind of in the moment during the season we were all tracking that and we were seeing that that you weren't getting those big explosive games out of the running backs like we had typically in fantasy. And I think the top-end score, I know at least some point in the season, and I believe it carried it through the year. I remember Ryan McDowell from a DLF tweeting out periodically that. How this is one of the lowest running back scoring years in like mm-hmm. decades almost. It was, and so just that that changing narrative, that changing landscape of the running back position, where when we shift to that dynasty lens, when you're using that one on one of Bijan Robinson in the dynasty lens, you're really thinking that you're buying that back that can be that elite producer that can help my team win much more quickly than the, the position that put me here and. If the landscape has changed to favor the passing game, to favor those committee backfields, and you don't have that high, high end upside anymore, you're just kind of buying not exactly what you thought you're buying.
0: I believe the the, the fantasy landscape corrects itself sometimes too. Like I could see it swinging back a little bit the other way, um, but we'll see. I mean, everything's trending towards committee backfields and um and a lot of that makes sense everything you said
1: yeah well the real question in that would be if we get to a point where we are are having those rare three down backs and then you're getting committees across that accelerates the value of those players in that position so much more because you're having a finite pool it's it's like the tight end argument right. where you know you've got Kelsey there and we had Andrews the year before but not this past year where you're getting such elite production at the very very top end that that creates that artificial value even if you're not getting the the quite the scoring that you had been in the past because the rest of the pack gets pulled back so much
0: and pass catching running backs so pass catching running backs are going to help lot a ton right in a pa- yeah. in a in a passing league Everything on and off the field says Bijan is truly a can't miss project. Prospect, work, ethic, drive, heart, physical gifts, college production, size, speed, every down back, made in a lab. (laughs) What would what would have to happen? Outside of injury,
1: yeah. um, So you're gonna the knock that you'll see from a lot of people is long speed on him. But at the same time, I just think that's a fictional element in the NFL. I just don't think you're getting outside of Chris Johnson back in the day, or these handful of ultra ultra elite, super fast backs. You just don't have the 70 yard runs in the NFL like you do in college. And so, so I'm a little bit skeptical to say that that would be the reason why I think it just really would be the league transitioning to that committee usage to him ending up in a situation where, you know, if he lands in Kansas City, but they still keep Jarrett McKinnon and Jarrett McKinnon re- remains a major focal point of the offense because they just love him so much. And then you've got John Robinson as a, a scaled up version of Isaiah Pacheco, then that's kind of where um, I guess maybe would be like the pitfall potentially. Would be because we're we're trusting that as he goes and becomes a first round pick, that that team is going to value that asset and use him in their offense. But um, we've seen Derrick Henry splitting carries with Demarco Murray and yeah. Deon Lewis to start his career. We've seen all kinds of nonsense with running backs where. You're saying that this, this guy is clearly better than his backfield mate. Why are you keep giving these guys both equal opportunities or 70-30 split, whatever it might be? That would be the area I think that if he falls short of the expectations and the concern on his profile outside of injuries, of course, would be that would be
0: the area. Yeah, that would be my answer, too, because it seems to happen more often than, than, than we all like uh me even Brees hall like you know it, it felt like he got a slower start last year and yeah. it it's it, it, it to me it wasn't a slower start it's kind of the way things go like that's that's usually the way it works it's not in every offense but it's funny like if you look at his scouting report and you look for weaknesses it's like he's he has very very good speed but it is an elite you know, um, his tech balance is very good, but it's not elite. Like his weaknesses are the fact that he's not elite in a couple of areas. Like that's not a weakness, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's crazy. Like, and I agree with you on the long end speed. I mean, would it be nice to, to throw that into this profile as well? Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, but, but let's, let's be real. This is, um, this is. This is possibly not to be overstated. This is possibly generational talent. And you're only going to get him at 101. And if you're trying to trade to get into the 101, it's going to cost an arm and a leg. Is there anything else, Jeff, that before I move on to the last two questions, which have nothing to do with Bijan Robinson that you wanted to cover? I he's good.
1: He's, he's a good player. <laughs> you know, I, I love it. I, I would I would draft him <laughs> if I had the opportunity. So um, and it might it's one of those that um you know like early best ball in underdog he's almost a first round pick and that's that's yep. where i i just want i don't know with all these guys we want to know the landing spot and the situation and we want to be able to enclose that picture and just lock it in uh and that's kind of part of it um and, and i would yeah. And, you know, people have gotten out there enough about the long speed being a concern. And so yeah. the combine, if he doesn't blaze a four, four at the combine, uh, you might have some people that freak out because that's just the nature of the fishbowl that we operate in. Um, but I, that's not something that I would be overly concerned about.
0: How uh, before we before we move on, I had a question just popping in my head. I'm curious because you've given uh, given our listeners so many great answers. How How big is the void between him and the second running back in this class? I think it's pretty large
1: because yeah, I'm getting uh, there, too. You know, Jameer Gibbs was viewed, has been viewed consensusly as that second back. Yeah. I have some concerns there because I don't, he's not an inside runner and he does have that home run ability. does have that passing game ability, but again, that's a guy that I want to see, make sure that he's in an offense that is going to use him in that passing game, because you know, he's, he's basically James cook on steroids. And I already mentioned that point with cook where we said, this guy's so good in the passing game, whoever gets him, will certainly use him as a passing weapon. And then we see the Buffalo bills use third round draft capital on him. We got day two capital on James cook. All right to the moon, let's go with James cook. And then they just didn't particularly use him in the passing game, his rookie year. And maybe yeah. that'll develop down the end, but that's kind of where I think Robinson kind of erases a lot of those concerns and creates a void between the two of them. I've heard buzz that Devin and might be the number two back when it comes to the NFL draft, just because his speed and is just something that you can't teach. And he brings physicality, despite his sm- smaller stature.
0: He is so fast
1: yeah, it's just one of those that, and I think that there's a lot of view that Gibbs has clearly been that second running back, and he might not be all that far off from Robinson, but uh, I think that there's a pretty good gap, and I'm not entirely convinced that Gibbs will end up as that second back,
0: yeah, and I think I think what's going to define the second back, and it doesn't mean that this it, this whoever this player is, whether it's Gibbs, a chain, or anyone else, it's going to be landing spots. I promise you. I, I absolutely promise you. It will be landing spots. It 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 is not going to be the combine. It's going to be where they end up, and it's because I think that it is muddled enough. They're all in that area. There's enough of them that are really good. Where we've seen it before. You know, we 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 really liked Sky Moore before he hit, and then as soon as Sky Moore went to Kansas City. We liked them more than we even thought we did, and that's going to happen with landing spots once again. I promise. Uh, but I don't think landing spots matter at all for Bijan. I think we 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 pretty much have have done our best here to to tell you how great he is. Um, but we know you're hearing it everywhere, and and I I think it's just uh, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. This is this is the guy. This is the guy of 2023 for you. Speaking of the guy, Jet. Who is your guy in this year's draft? A I really guy like, you're hanging your hat on you want to tell people about.
1: I really like Dalton Kincaid, uh, the tight end oh, out of Utah. Um, I think that he's going to – I just I think he's crazy value right now. If you're in a league that's drafting right now and you can get him in the third round, I just think that's a slam dunk. Uh, I just think there's enough smoke around him that yes. he – I expect that he's going to be a first-round pick. And, uh, you know, I look at – Michael Mayer is a better all-around tight end, but I 100%. think that Kincaid is – going to be a fundamental fundamental element of a passing game. And that's really what I see. And especially if he catches first round pick, you know, if Dalton Kincaid is Cincinnati Bengal and is in that explosive offense, mm. and you're just kind of waiting for that tight end to take off there. Um, what's going to happen there? If he's, a, if he's a charger, you know, if he was a yeah. Los Angeles charger and he takes over that tight end job. I just think that there's so many juicy landing spots for the area, the capital that he's being talked about when you kind of step out of I like to try to operate a little bit more in, in like the draft area mm-hmm. like right now to try to figure out as yep. opposed to like the, the, I can, I can assign the fantasy value. Like, I yeah. feel like, like I just tell me like, what's the, the buzz and the chatter around him in the draft circles. And that's, there's enough that he's going, I expect he will be a first round pick. And I expect that he's going to work his way up to that high second round. Wouldn't we really get like post draft into those drafts and you can grab him in the third round now. And, and so yeah. that's a, a great grab. And, and he's it's just, uh, he's a very, very fun player, uh, very, you know, as much as if, you, if you're in the Debbie space at all, Brock Bowers is like that yeah. apple of everybody's eye next year. But I think Kincaid has a lot of elements of Bowers game where he can be that chess piece and that key focal point of the passing attack. And so that's why I like Kincaid quite a bit.
0: I'm excited about this tight end class, to be honest. I, I, I'm really digging this class and Kincaid is uh, definitely a pass catcher. So um, there's no there's no doubt about that. All right, one guy you just aren't probably going to touch because it just seems like everyone's going to overdraft him. You're just not into this player,
1: Cedric Tillman. Um, out of Tennessee Ooh. is a player that I I just don't expect to have. I see I see him going in the second round of mock drafts, and I'm yeah. What are you What are you doing out here? He's a <laughs> he's a fifth year player. He had one good year of production. He was hurt this past year. He got passed by Jalen Hyatt on his own team. I think he's a very limited role that he would be stepping into. He's a contested catch player, and I just don't think that those you know, we just watched the Super Bowl. How, how many contested catch situations did you see on Sunday outside of A.J. Brown? And I promise you that this guy is not A.J. Brown. And I think that the way NFL offenses are structured and what they're trying to do, they're trying to look for quick separators, get mm-hmm. guys out in space, give them all the ability to create with the ball in their hands. It's what the entire Chiefs offense is, is guys that they get the ball in the hand. Kadarius, Tony, Juju, Smith. Schuster, those types of players. And I just don't, I just don't understand what people are doing right now. When I, I log in and see a mock draft and somebody's taking him in the second round, it just blows my mind because I've got, I've got him. We just did the football guys, college football. Well, the football guys rookie draft guide, we just released that. And that's free right now. So get out there and download your copy. We put a lot of work into that. I've got him in the twenties in my evaluation for wide receivers And so I'm just not going to be drafting the 20th best wide receiver probably in a draft, especially with how loaded this running back class is.
0: That draft guide is very pretty, by the way, and it looks like there's a lot of time put into it. Um, There was a
1: a lot of time. Yes. (laughs) Me, uh, Christian Williams, did the design and then Kevin Coleman as well. And you know, us as the TDR crew, you know, us as the Football Guys College Football Show. And, you know, we dropped that draft guide as well. And there was a lot of work (laughs) and went into that.
0: Yeah. I think the Tillman thing's going to be like a size thing again. Um, You know, he's that prototypical, that's 6'3, 215 pound second round rookie pick like after you kind of aren't feeling the love anymore um where i personally am going to keep uh tapping running back and possibly tight end but um kind of done at this point taking these uh taking these crack at at wide receivers that are all in the same tier so cedric tillman is probably going to get that kind of attraction like the people that are still into that i mean i'm one of those people as well i definitely like a bigger wide receiver but at the same time i understand the nfl is changing in that regard too jeff man thank you so much it was truly a pleasure getting you back on rookie fever to do another profile please tell everyone where they can find you your content or anything else you have coming up you want to promote
1: you can find me on Twitter at For WhomJBellTolls, and I'm usually just being a fool there. You, most <laughs> of my content now is coming out through Football Guys. You can find, you know, I, again, the Football Guys Rookie Guide we just released, and make sure to download your free copy of that. You can find me on the Football Guys College Football Show. We go live Wednesday nights at nine o'clock, and then oh, we're nice. wherever you get your podcast and I have so much written content that will be coming out through football guys through this entire cycle. And so that's where the vast majority of my con- content is going to become th- coming through. I contribute, of course, to the Debbie Royale join our Patreon and you can find, we'll have our manifesto for the college football season coming out very soon. And, and a lot of work is going into that as well. So join that Patreon $3 a month and get you hooked up there. If you're a college fantasy player, or if you just want to talk about draft, whatever it might be, join the discord, we can get down, and talk there um but really just wherever you want to find me i I can probably be found
0: definitely follow this guy at for whom j bell tolls very entertaining if nothing else like there is uh i like how you get on there and you shake things up it's very uh i follow some nfl athletes for the same exact reason like you 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 put out some good tweets i'm I'm gonna be honest i appreciate that (laughs) Uh, thanks again, Jeff. And thank you, our listeners, for allowing us to hit your ears. Be sure to listen to all the rookie profiles in the series. Swagzilla Zero G has several great guests lined up for you as well. This is the Rookie Fever Podcast. Please do not forget to rate and review. And please do not forget to be awesome. get a fever that's so hard to bear rookie fever. When you kiss me, when you
1: A one-on-one scouting has never done this stupid throw and run i show you anyone size be speak just unreal Landing spot not ideal Wait, wait, is breakout? Break out a full working fever stage Romeo loved Juliet Juliet she felt the same When he pulled his arms around her He said, Julie baby, you're my friend.
0: Wow. Now we give a fever When we kiss it Fever without playing, you Fever Fever, yeah, I yeah, burn for
1: six. So, who's got the fever? Cause I got the fever, and now you got the fever. So, she got the fever, and he got the fever, and no you're for the fever. So, let's feed the fever. Thank okay. God for the fever. Thank God for the fever. What a
0: lovely way to burn. Got the fever, now you got the fever, now what a lovely way to burn. What a lovely way to burn.